I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show still putting in a shift in spite of mounting calls for everyone involved to give it a rest. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host tonight and the chap sitting opposite me, by far the most stressed I've ever seen him, (laughs) is Tony Kerr. Yeah, that's fair. There's no time, is there? It's beginning to get tough to justify. To my girlfriend, I'm like, I'm so stressed. I'm just running from work to this that i got to do the podcast (laughs) hey i'm not gonna give in this will be the last thing to go work will go first before the podcast i i drove down here so (laughs) we uh we'd arranged to do this this afternoon but then yesterday i said oh what time and he said oh we're gonna have quite you're gonna have to be quite sharp got quite a tight window because i've got a dentist appointment at 250 and i've got to play cricket at six o'clock uh, so we, we had a window between 4 and 5.30 to do this. So about 5 to 4, I texted you and said, shall I come now? And you're like, yeah, give me 10. <laughs> <laughs> and I drove down here, parked, phoned you just to see if you'd got back into your flat. You picked up and went, where are you? I just parked coming over the road. All right. <laughs> just hung up. <laughs> yeah. No, my day typically revolves around me going to work and then not being able to get out of work at the time I want to. Yeah, so I basically raced. This is just the story of my day. Uh, I had a croissant this morning, <laughs> went to work, raced around at work, raced from work to the dentist, raced back here, had a Kit Kat, and then we're doing this. Then I'm going to race to cricket at, uh, yeah, in about an hour's time. And so I'll probably eat uh, by about 9.30, I should think. It does mean you're always rushing. Just every time I see you, you're always rushing from one place to another. It's really not good. I, need to, I do need to find a way out, but... But I mean, a lot of these, as you say, the, this is very much optional, isn't it? <laughs> um, cricket is optional. Dental hygiene is optional as far as I'm concerned. That's the first time I've been... As, uh, I, I made this joke to the, uh, to the dentist because uh, I, was, I was a few minutes late for the, the appointment. Not too bad, but a few minutes late. But I, lit- I drove past the entrance to the dentist because I forgot where it was. It's so that's, stressed. That's how long it's been since I went. <laughs> Last time I went to the dentist was 2011. Really? Wow. Yeah. All good, I'm pleased That's to report. Shocking. I know. But I got a good review for my brushing from the hygienist. Five stars. Brilliant brusher, she said. Tell her to leave an iTunes review. But that is just sort of, you know, that's, I've been like, rushing since 2011, I think. Not a time. Where you've had seven or eight dentist appointments that you've had to cancel because <laughs> you've been rushing from podcast to podcast. <laughs> this isn't even the only podcast you do, do well, I know. I, keep, I can't say no to new podcasts, you know that. But the good news is, all good on the dental front. That's a big relief. We've got now a, like an hour of calm ahead of us. Were you a brave little soldier in the dentist? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was brave. I like the idea that you're making jokes to the dentist. <laughs> like <laughs> During the... Uh, yeah. 
during the consultation. Like you're trying to sort of uh, win over the dentist. I've not been since 2011, but if I make some good jokes, you might give me a good review for my brushing. I hope I won't pass the entrance because I've been here so long. Uh, okay, so cool. as you say, we've got an hour of calm. <laughs> yes, let's just talk about the dentist. <laughs> we've got for the next. Got a very short window tonight, so um, we'll be getting right into the details of, of Tony's brushing habits. Uh, but also, we're going to be talking about cricket. Uh, we've got the IPL final to talk about. We could probably do the whole hour on the 100 again if we wanted. But let's start, as we quite often do, with England being bad at test cricket. Uh, because, yeah, Tony, it's been a, a dismal week for the England cricket team after a, a long and gruelling winter uh, in which they won precisely zero test matches. Supporters like us and, and the team themselves, you'd assume, were, were, were no doubt hoping that, you know, once they got back onto home turf, uh, that they would quickly return to winning ways. Well, at least in the first test of the summer, uh, it's not quite panned out like that. Against Pakistan at Lord's, uh, they were bowled out on the first day for just 184. Four wickets for Mohamed Abbas and four wickets for Hassan Ali. That was a pretty measly total. Uh, and Pakistan went past it easily. They, they ended up three, on 363 half centuries from Azhar Ali, Asad Shafiq and Baba Razam. He had to retire hurt. So that, that was a big lead. Uh, and England never really looked like they were going to get themselves back into the game. At one stage, they were 110 for six at last, they did win a session uh, when Joss Butler and Don Bess batted through undefeated on the third evening. They both made half centuries, a partnership of 126. Got England into a little bit of a lead and suddenly people were getting very excited and thinking maybe this could be a sort of headingly 81 situation, set Pakistan 150 to win and, and bowl them out. Uh, but Pakistan on the fourth morning just blew them away. The last four wickets falling uh, for six runs. Uh, which meant that they only needed 64 to win and they and they got there with nine wickets in hand to complete a very easy victory. So where do we start with this, Tone? There's been quite a quite an animated reaction in the media, actually. It's been there's been a lot of um hand wringing, a lot of uh, the, the inquest has started in the media. You're one of the media, very much part of the the media establishment now, verified on Twitter, amongst yeah. other things. Where are you on this? How hard are you panicking? Yeah, I mean, like you say, actually, people have not been slow to to come forward, have they, with their with, with some pretty frank judgments. And I, yeah, I, I think I said this probably over the last couple of, last couple of episodes, but you know, I've been maybe slightly generous to the to to this England team over the last you know, year or couple of years, uh, particularly in the away tours. I, I kind of still stand by that to a certain extent, but I think to be chastened in quite this way in the first test of the summer yeah i mean i think that's taken people aback taken people aback hasn't it uh you know england just don't lose in may really yeah. uh and to lose in the fashion they did in the context of you know of their performances certainly over the winter yeah it was pretty disappointing was well, the first time they've lost the first test of the english summer since 1995 and yeah what, what is it only like the second time they've lost the test in may something something like that it's it's incredibly rare so one thing to say is that pakistan deserve a lot of credit and we'll we'll come on to talking about them but we'll begin with england i mean i i don't know about you ten i i don't remember feeling so pessimistic about the england test side since probably since the 90s you know people have actually you know quite a few people have have 
compared it to the 99 series against New Zealand when, you know, NASA had just taken over and they were booed off. And there is a similar feel to it. And there's just this kind of despair about the English team. It's hard to see where the future is for this side because like you, I think I'm I'm actually, I tend to be quite forgiving of the England team. And, you know, as we've talked about in the past, you know, the sort of the wider sporting public and the wider public more generally, I think we're quite slow to wake up to the fact that England actually became a good test team for a long time you know for that sort of decade between about 2004 and 2013 England were a really excellent side and at one time the best team in the world but you know when they'd have the occasional defeat you'd get all the oh same old England losing it you know it took people a long time to wake up to that but that's all gone now and the flip side I think is that it's taken a while since then for the sort of cricketing media to notice how bad England have been in the last few years. And yes, there have been some notable successes in that time, winning away in South Africa, winning against South Africa at home. But the overall picture is not great. And the specific things that happened in this game, particularly the batting falling apart twice and these kind of incredibly rapid collapses like we saw on the fourth morning, this is not a new thing. Like England's batting has been pretty dreadful since at least the 2015 Ashes. Since... The beginning of that series, this is the 13th time that they've been bowled out for less than 200. They've been hammered in India, they've been hammered in Australia, they lost in New Zealand. And in all of those occasions, the batting has just not been good enough. And But as you say, in some ways, this is the lowest point yet because people don't expect England to lose at home and certainly not in May. And it's not just because of the result, because as we'll talk about in a bit, and as I've mentioned already, Pakistan actually looked like quite a good team. But it's the manner of the defeat and the the chaos of the defeat, you know, the the fact that the field placings were so seemingly so random, like Jimmy Anderson sometimes in the slips, sometimes not, you know, the, the slips changing constantly. Sometimes Joe Root was at short leg. Sometimes Alistair Cook was at short leg. It's like they just didn't know, didn't have the first idea what they were doing. And it's 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 a mess at the moment, really, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and and the, just the whole thing looks so flimsy right now. It, you know, particularly the batting lineup. You know, there is a sense as well. Well, you know, there's a definite sense that you know Cook, Anderson, and Broad, you know, aren't going to last that much longer. Uh, I mean, you know, Cook made a, a decent fist of it in the first innings here, but but didn't dig in second time around. I mean, you know, not saying you know it's not all Cook's fault, uh, but you know, we, we've been sort of England have been you know depending on 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 the, you know those guys too much, haven't they, over the last few years? Uh, and you know it's just again it's a case of you know sort of whoever gets picked just doesn't really have an impact like mm. the players that come in I mean you know best it's you, you you can't really maybe read too much into it you know he had a good knock in in the second innings but that's not really what he was picked for is it so yeah you know difficult to be too critical of him I mean Butler again as well you know dug in a bit and showed you know a, you know, a little bit of promise in the second innings but then it wasn't enough really to to make any difference to the result it's not hard to see why lots of questions are being raised about county cricket and, and the production line. But just in terms of, yeah, the way England was shown up by Pakistan in almost every department. Yeah, it has to be worrying, I think, or has to raise questions about the setup around the team that's picked. Not not necessarily, you know, they're not terrible cricketers, any of them, but whatever for whatever reason, things just aren't working at the moment. And that's right. Yeah, I think Bayless is under a huge amount of pressure. Mm, well, that's interesting. I, I, I yeah, I, I agree. I think there definitely are questions there, but there, there are questions about the county system as well and whether it's producing players. It's certainly true to say 
that guys who do who look like they're doing well in county cricket when they come into the England team don't seem up to it. There's questions about whether county cricket is of a high enough standard for us to really know whether or not these players are good enough to make the step up. But equally, you'd say, well, the job of the coach and the setup is to make those players better and they don't seem to be doing that. In fact, if anything, what tends to happen is that players make a little bit of an impact when they first come in and then stagnate or don't, you know, aren't able to sort of repeat that. But this is why I say I feel so pessimistic about it because one thing to say is that I wouldn't necessarily put it past England to actually bounce back at Headingley and win. I'd say that's probably more unlikely than likely, but it's not impossible. We've seen them do it before. They did it last summer against South Africa in the Ashes in 2015. At other times, they've come back strongly after a big defeat and won. So that is a possibility. But even if that does happen, you know, it doesn't do much about sort of bigger issues facing the test side. And this is something that's happened when they beat South Africa. It was like, oh, okay, everything's fine again now. But it's because one or two players who, and there are world-class players in the team, one or two players kind of stood up and, and, uh, and delivered. But it did nothing about the fact that England don't have a spinner, that they don't have genuine fast bowlers, that, you know, the, the staggering lack of batting options. And yeah, this is why there have to be questions about the county system because, you know, we've talked about this before, but who was the last batsman to come into the England team and establish themselves in the top six as a successful test match batsman? Joe Root in 2012. is uh, th- There's been no one since then. Who was the one before that? Jonathan Trott in 2009. So actually, it's a decade where, aside from those two players, all of England's runs have been scored by batsmen who made their debuts long before that Alistair Cook, Kevin Peterson, Ian Bell or you know some of their all-rounders like Bearstone Stokes but we've not seen someone come into the top five and make a success in test cricket and that's pretty staggering because that's like a generation of county cricketers who have not been able to do it so yeah I do feel pessimistic because the <clears throat> the guys who have been successful have been doing a lot for England like Alistair Cook and in the bowling department Anderson and Broad you know how much longer do they have 12 months maybe a little bit more but but what's the future after that yeah and it's uh it's it's pretty troubling well that's it i mean you you look down i think we listed them a, a little while ago but you look down at the players that have come in you know balance uh robson Lythe, vince duckett hamid jennings milan wesley stoneman i mean hasib hamid was like a this it's, i don't know it's almost like some mythical <laughs> figure at the moment i don't know obviously you know he's not he's not performing you know hugely well since the sort of you know unfortunately you know dropping away with that injury but you know that was a real optimistic note in it but i don't know you know jennings obviously coming back in now for the second test uh, at the expense of stoneman mm. i don't know ed ed smith's got a big job on his hands he does i mean you've had more dentist appointments than england have had <laughs> successful <laughs> batsmen true. in the last 10 years ed smith uh, <laughs> I'm prepared to give Ed Smith time, but it's he's, it's not been a great start, has it? And it, the camera kept cutting to him at Lords, and there's no getting away from the fact that he does look like a right Wally, doesn't he? <laughs> Just sitting there in those sunglasses, the little sort of silk scarf, as you say. I mean, come on, it's one of those, isn't it? It could go, yeah. You know, it's too early to decide. Yeah, it could, it's either going to be, and he's going to, it's going to be an abject disaster, or. He's going to be looked back on, you know, if if things can be turned around as, uh, yeah, as a sort of I don't know, sort of wizard, yeah, cricket wizard, transformational figure, yeah, exactly. But yeah, those those shots, if it does go in the direction of that first scenario you've painted, then those shots of him sitting in the sunglasses in the stands, you know, are are 
going to be pulled up a lot in sort of future retrospectives so yeah there are and you know there's lots of people talking about this and writing about this but there are big big questions for ecb you have to say and whether the system as it currently exists in domestic cricket is stifling the development of the kinds of players that we're talking about of spinners of 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 batsmen of fast bowlers basically all players but you know the the fact that the county championship (laughs) is played in early april which is like not really not really acceptable conditions to be playing cricket in and then not again until the end of August. I think I, so. It's basically April and September. I mean, this is not really adequate preparation for players to 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 then make the step up to Test cricket, and it's certainly not adequate to produce spinners. Um, so that's the kind of thing that you know they really do have to start to think about, and hopefully they are starting to think about those things now. This is I said this after the fifty eight all out. I'm almost pleased that these kinds of things are happening because. I did feel during the winter that England were deluded about this, that certainly the England camp were deluded and that maybe the ECB were deluded as well and that they sort of thought, no, we're a good team, which is just not kind of coming, falling into place at the moment. But, you know, and we've seen a little bit of that. We've heard a bit of that from from Joe Root in the aftermath sort of saying, oh, we know we can do it. We've done it before. It's just not happening at the moment. But I think people are maybe starting to to come round to the idea that actually there are bigger problems than they've admitted before and that you know things do need to change if England are going to get back onto it in test match cricket I mean you've mentioned it but in in terms of the batting in the short term the solution that they've come up with is to drop Mark Stoneman and and recall Keaton Jennings what did you make of that decision Stoneman looks a little bit lost at Lords didn't he yeah (laughs) I'm got a hay fever which is why i'm coughing but it probably sounds like i'm getting choked up (laughs) talking about england's test team uh yeah i don't know it's kind of one of those things it's like if england had won this test you know stoneman's probably there all summer but Mm. uh you you can't sort of not make a a change off the back of that and uh and yeah i guess of the batsmen you know milan made 12 in the second inning so you know he sort of nailed down his his spot uh yeah, I think yeah, Stoneman was kind of the the only one who could make way. I feel you know it's just tough. I, I, he looks all right at times, isn't he, in, in, in playing for England? But well, no, absolutely, and it's it is a shame, then, isn't it? Because yeah, as you say, he did look quite promising at times. It could be that he's just out of nick at the moment. I don't think we've I don't think we've sort of seen him be exposed technically in the way that some of the other batsmen that you've mentioned, um, like an Adam Lyther or Sam Robson, were sort of exposed at that, or James Vince, you know. He's not getting out in the same way all the time. He, he just looks like he doesn't know how to hold the bat at the moment. You know, he's, he's just in a, a poor run of form. And you know, someone like Nick Compton, I think a similar thing happened to him where he just kind of lost some form at the wrong time. But yeah, it's a shame for Stoneman because you think that probably is the end of the line for him. He's, he's 30 years old. So that, you know this was almost certainly his opportunity. Jennings is a slightly odd pick in that last summer it you know, looked like he was one of those guys that had been sort of found out at this level. And it's a bit reminiscent of the James Vince selection for the Ashes and that, you know, why would you go back to someone who so sort of palpably failed last time? But he has been in good form, at least this season, a couple of hundreds in the championship and doing well in the, the one day cup as well, for, for whatever that's worth. Maybe he's earned his recall, but yeah, last summer in particular, he had real problems against Vernon Philander and Mohamed Abbas is quite a similar bowler to Vernon Philander. So that will be a big test for him for sure. Incidentally, Tone, when you think about the Brisbane test, the first test of the Ashes in November. How long ago does that seem now? Do you remember, like, sort of coming into the series, we were very worried about the batting. We were saying it's going to have to be Cook and Root are going to have to score all the runs because Stoneman, Milan and Vince, you know, are sort of accidents waiting to happen. But then actually in that test match, they all did well, didn't they? You remember that partnership between Stoneman and Vince and Milan got a 50 
And we were like, oh, you know, these these guys actually look like they're cut out for Test cricket. Well, now Vince has been dropped. Stoneman's been dropped. And even Milan could be under pressure. I mean, he he was a sort of lone bright spot in that very kind of gloomy winter, wasn't he? Brilliant 100 in Perth. Scored three fifties during that series as well. All of them very dogged. But yeah, since then, things have tailed off a bit. And he's averaging now 29 in 13 tests. So I'm not saying he should be dropped because there's got to be some kind of stability, hasn't there? And he's looked good enough, I think, to to keep his place. But it is perhaps a bit of a sign of how, you know, what kind of low watermark England are at in the batting that someone with that kind of record after 13 tests in the past would probably have been dropped. But now he's sort of hailed as a success, a success story. He's got sort of obvious problems against the swinging ball as well, which even he himself has admitted. So that doesn't bode don't particularly we all, well. Fair, don't we all? <laughs> that doesn't bode that well. So it could be a a long summer for him, or perhaps a short summer. Yeah, the, the pressure is on. That the second test is going to be fascinating. Uh, you know, we, we've we've spoken before about how we don't really like you know two test series. I don't think we could stomach it anymore. <laughs> I think we might be pleased to see the back of the test series if. Uh, if things don't go right at Headingley. Uh, as you say, I, I kind of agree with you. I think, you know, England, they still, I, I don't know, if we, are we just being too generous? Are we being deluded to think that they, they sort of, they do have it in them to, to turn it around? When you look at how well Pakistan played in that, in that first test and the sort of, you know, the way they seem to be going about things at the moment. Uh, I, I don't think that's deluded. I think it's just the fact that they have actually done it before England, but but they haven't produced... But why I say I think that's, it, that's actually pretty unlikely this time is that they haven't produced a good performance in Test cricket for 12 months. So, you know, the confidence has got to be pretty low in a way, lower than it has been before. But I, I just wouldn't completely rule it out because stranger things have happened. And also, and we'll talk about Pakistan, but you know, I have found it slightly odd in a way that people you know quite a few people have said I think people have been surprised by how well Pakistan have played and I'd count myself among them to an extent in that you know I thought they were a good team but they played it better than 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 I expected Um, but there have been people sort of saying well you know Pakistan have always been so inconsistent Mickey Arthur came in he said I want to get rid of that inconsistency tag and I think they've proved in this one game that they're (laughs) no longer inconsistent you know it, they looked really, really good, but the the whole idea that Pakistan used to sometimes be brilliant and then sometimes terrible, well, y- you can't actually judge whether or not that's still the case on the basis of one game. That's sort of by definition, isn't it? So we'll see what happens at Headingley, but you'd imagine they'll enjoy the conditions there. We've we mentioned Butler. You were fairly unconvinced about his recall. Are, are, are you any are you any more convinced now? I don't know, not massively more. Uh, that little partnership with with Bess, uh, it, it threatened to, to be meaningful. Yeah, in the end, kind of what was it worth? And, you know, that wasn't people of art. You know, people wanted to see perhaps Butler, you know, become the all-round test batsman that perhaps his, his talent would suggest he could be, the sort of batsman that can play every situation. But obviously with that you know, ace up the sleeve of just being an unbelievably distracted batsman. That said, all the talk before the game was from Ed Smith and the like was that, you know, they wanted Butler to come in and just play his natural game, which presumably is, you know, come in and swing and, and destroy the game. But to take that away or to, you know, to take the game away from, from people, from teams in the way that I think they expect or want him to do, you know, you need a little foundation of, mm-hmm. you know, some solidity to come into. So, yeah, I mean, I think that 67, yeah, was useful and, yeah, means the experiment 
yeah, is at least worth a you know a few more kind of rolls of the dice. Yeah, it's it's not the kind of innings that people sort of expect him to play. It's not the kind of innings he was picked to play. So the fact that he can do that, that he was proved that he can do that is encouraging. And it's it's a similar thing for Don Bess as well. Like I, you know, whether or not he is the right man, I don't know. But I I I, I still want to reserve judgment. He didn't take a wicket. He didn't look that threatening with the ball. But it is difficult when you've got no runs on the board as a spinner. It's much, much easier when you've got sort of 400, 500 on the board and you can get men round the bat and really pile pressure on. You'll remember Tone playing cricket in the back garden. You know, how much more difficult was it once you get all the deck chairs in around the bat and they're all, you know, fielders? If you hit it to them, you're out. Suddenly it starts playing tricks in your mind, doesn't it? So maybe Don Best needs to get a few deck chairs out there just around just the bat. Just them out. Yeah. <laughs> encouraging stuff from Butler but yeah you know a long way to go the batting definitely is the biggest problem in the team but something that was really striking at Lords was the fielding was it five or six catches went down and just generally looked pretty pretty shabby I mean whereas by contrast Pakistan were electric in the field I mean for, for England to be outfielded so comprehensively by Pakistan I mean that's got to set alarm bells ringing surely I mean you've 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 mentioned him you've mentioned Trevor Bayliss is is that where you'd be looking? We you know we can we can drop Stoneman and and bring in Jennings. We can change the personnel, but as we've said, there's problems with the production line. But something like the fielding, you'd think the coaching setup can actually do something about that, and that does suggest a team that's very low on confidence. Would a change in the the coaching staff make a difference there? Do you think? I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it can be long away. Or at least if Bayless is to have a successful future as the Test coach. And I think that you know that is that is the suggestion from quite a lot of people, isn't it? And that that's the question being asked: is you know, is it is now the right time to have the split split coaching role? And you know, the way England have played shorter form in the game you know, in the last few years has been nothing more than astonishing, uh, nothing less than astonishing, rather. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just been so, astonishing. <laughs> nothing yeah, more, just straight up astonishing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, you have to say that the the turning point will have to come very soon for Bayliss. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, it, I'd, I'd say his his future as, as test coach is looking pretty uh, will, be, will be pretty short lived because, as you say, the, the the fielding stuff that is that's drilling, isn't it? That's that's mentality and it's practice and it's it's discipline rather than like you know any and it, we're finding you know good fielders in county cricket and bringing them in and not even knowing who your slip cordon is, you know, going into a test match is bizarre and that does seem like something that the coach can effects and that's why I've got time for Trevor Bayless as you say because he's, he's had such a massive effect in the in the limited overs team he's been brilliant but it does seem a little bit like his heart's not really in it in test cricket and when you hear him speak it doesn't sort of fill you with confidence in the way he always seems so baffled after defeats like this and when asked what he's going to do about it he doesn't really know um, and it does just sort of seem like yeah he doesn't sort of seem to have a very firm hand on the the tiller with the test match team and 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 that, I mean, I have sympathy with him up to a point because, as I say, I think there's big questions about the county system and, you know, the coach can only do so much if he doesn't, if better players aren't coming through for him to, to work with. But, yeah, I think I, I would be looking at making a change at this point. And I'd also be looking at making a change to the captain. I, I think that's a big thing that's come out of this game. And, you know, it's come out of the winter as well, but really highlighted in this game is is Root's captaincy. I mean, I, I'll ask you this question, Tony. What is the virtue of Root as captain? He's not very good at it, and it's made his batting worse. What is the advantage of having Root as captain at this point? Well, yeah, I take that point on board. 
Would you would you be making a change then? I don't know whether I well I mean again it, it's a case of you know it's how long do you leave it I suppose that you know yeah there are, there are natural captains and I, yeah I think when Reet took on the role there were a lot of people who came forward and said well yeah yeah he was always destined to be England captain mm. uh, but part of me thinks that's just because he's a sort of nice boy who's so you're good probably at right he yeah. fits the picture of what the England captain should be doesn't he but yeah you could argue you know this is an, an intense learning experience for him and he'll come out the other side better again i said the flip side is can you afford to to let that run its course when you know when his batting is suffering so much i do feel like it is the only reason not to do it now is because it would it would seem sort of personally quite harsh on route it would be it would be a very sort of hard-nosed decision to to make it'd be a very difficult conversation to have with joe root but i just don't see what the what the benefit of having him as captain is he he'd never really done it before in his life he has no experience of it he's not had very good results at all he there's no kind of root doctrine there's no sort of root identity you know tactically it looks like he doesn't really know what he's doing I, i i don't see that there's any reason to have him in the job especially if it's making his batting worse which it does seem to be so i mean the only reason i think is because you'd say, well, who else would it be? And I do get that, but I just think it should be someone else. I mean, who I, else would it be? Well, I mean, there the only one that you could is is probably David Milan. He's he's the captain of Middlesex, but as we've said, he is under pressure for his place now, which maybe rules him out. But there could be an argument to bring in someone from outside the team if you're going to make another change in the batting order. Maybe you look at bringing in someone who's is a captain in county cricket. But then, having said that, you look at you look down the list of county captains. And they're all either brand new to the job or not English or pretty old and not going to be, you know, not not someone that's got a sort of test future necessarily. So it's not ideal. Whatever decision you make there is not ideal. Uh, I, this sounds a bit crazy, but I, I, I'm tempted by the idea of Owen Morgan because he's actually a good captain, isn't he? As he's proved in one degree. I feel like he would come in with some authority and have some kind of, philosophy and like ideas of of what to do with the team the problem there is that his test record wasn't that great and he doesn't play red bull cricket anymore so it'd be <laughs> it would be a big call it would be an ed smith call <laughs> yeah no. but i i i don't see how it would be a worse situation than having joe root as captain we should talk a bit more about pakistan i mean it's, it's tempting to keep talking about the problems in the england team but we do need to talk about pakistan because as bad as england were pakistan were outstanding I've sort of talked about this a little bit, Tony, but but did you expect them to play that well? No, because I think... What were our predictions? Uh, I predicted I think, one all. You predicted 2-0 England. No, I think I predicted 1-0 England. Maybe. I think I predicted rain. Rain, this, that's So this right, was yeah. the test I expected to rain, obviously. <laughs> You've been scuffered by the weather, Tony. <laughs> yeah. If it had rained for the last two and a half days, you'd have got that right. This is why you're so stressed, isn't it? Been... <laughs> yeah, studying. I'm up all night studying the weather chart. <laughs> uh, no, I don't... I, you know, I, I think... Yeah. I expected England to do better than this. You know, I think the the bookies overwhelmingly did as well. So, yeah, it goes down as a surprise. I mean, you know, it's, it's easy to forget from that performance that Pakistan are the seventh ranked team in in Test cricket. You know, they, they didn't look like it. They 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 outgunning. I mean, you know, maybe they would still look, you know, not that good compared to some of the other teams around the world. Uh, maybe England are, uh, are sort of you know destined to to slip beneath them. But yeah, certainly they just they outshone England all over the park, didn't they? Uh, I mean, obviously the bowling won it in particular. Uh, yeah, and Amir Abbas and Hassan Ali were all outstanding. 
Yeah, that was the, the hugely impressive thing. And that was really the, the thing that, you know, I, I thought that Pakistan would bowl well because they, they always turn up and, and bowl well in England, don't they? But I didn't necessarily think they'd bowl that well. Mohamed Abbas was fantastic. As I say, he reminds me a bit of, of Philander. And Hassan Ali, you know, was left out of the team in, in Ireland, wasn't he, for Rahat Ali, who didn't have a very good game. Hassan Ali just looks a superb bowler, doesn't he? He's been really good in one day cricket. was fantastic in the Champions Trophy last year. But he looks like a proper test match bowler as well. And how how good were his celebrations? Though? Yeah. It's just great to watch. I mean, that's the thing, is it? It's, you know, there's, there's, as ever in life, there is... It's the classic essay summary, but it's a bit of both, isn't it? You know, Pakistan were good, England were poor, and you know the gulf between those two uh, was was pretty large hmm. over the four days. It's that sort of Venn diagram, exactly. Is the bit in the middle is where the game was won and lost. But yeah, just sort of as a unit, the bowlers they just kind of stuck to that sort of nagging line on off stump, didn't they? And pitched it up, which England's bowlers failed to do. I mean, really, just kind of doing the basics in English conditions. So there's nothing extravagant about it, but just so kind of relentlessly as a unit, they were very consistent and very difficult to handle. And as you say, seventh ranked in the world, which seems surprising on that evidence, but their results have not been good since they drew in England two years ago. You know, they went to New Zealand and lost Australia and lost, you know, getting whitewashed. Um, But you'd have to think that they're going to have better results going forward because this does look like a very and got a, a yeah a, a slight scare in Ireland. That's true. Yeah, that didn't look that impressive in Ireland, did they? So it could just be that England are that bad. We can't rule that out. But it did seem as though there are some some reasons to be very optimistic as a Pakistan fan because there's some quite exciting players in this team. Well, it's a very quick turnaround in this series. The 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 second test, and as you say, frustratingly, the final test starts at Headingley on Friday. We've said it could happen, but what's going to happen, Tone? Will England bounce back? I want another prediction from you. You've got your uh, weather chart in front of you there, so we've got to factor that in. But, you know, are England going to bounce back and win, or are are they staring down the barrel of a 2-0 defeat here? What's your prediction, Tony? It's really hard, (laughs) isn't it? It is genuinely very hard. I don't know. at At the risk of being wrong twice, on the basis of that, first test i think you've got to look that pakistan will win it mm, so two nil yeah what do you think yeah i think so too as i say they're, they're you'd imagine as well as they bowled at lords you know the conditions are going to suit them even better in headingly yeah i think I, I think it is going to be two nil I, I can't see how england turn it around with the batting lineup that they've got wow just have a look at the uh what the odds are Let's see what the bookies make of it in dangerous territory talking about bookies tone yeah true uh, well uh, that is actually one thing we should probably mention um if only to say that we're not going to talk that much about it today which is uh this these spot fixing allegations uh there's a documentary that went out on al jazeera which claims that england players are involved in in spot fixing in a, a test match in india last year and also some australia players in a test match in india Various other claims as well about pitch doctoring, you know, sort of pitch fixing. These allegations have obviously been strongly denied by the ECB and by Joe Root and Trevor Bayliss and by uh, the Australians as well. Um, but yeah, we're not going to talk too much about this today just because neither of us have seen the documentary yet. And uh, yeah, the facts do still seem quite hard to establish so, you know, we're obviously keeping an open mind at the moment, but we'll maybe talk about it more next time when we've 
seen the documentary and got a sort of clearer idea of, of how everything's shaking out. Interestingly, uh, the top story on the, the BBC Sport homepage right now is England not affected by spot fixing claims. Keaton Jennings says England's preparations for the same. It's a bit harsh to sort of to wheel him out Yeah, they've, in the yeah, face of that. Yeah. Uh, oh, good to see you again, Keaton. Um, are you busy at the moment? Or- your cheats, Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your, your fixes, Keaton. Dan Rhodes. <laughs> He's got his dictaphone out. Did you fix the game, Keaton? Is your career over already, Keaton? <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So the only other thing I wanted to talk about tonight, Tone, is the IPL final, which took place on Sunday in Mumbai after a long season. Uh, it finally all came to a head with the final between, well, between the two teams that finished one and two in uh, in the league table so in many ways a fitting final between uh, Chennai Super Kings and Sunrisers Hyderabad uh, the Sunrisers posted 178 for 6 from their 20 overs Kane Williamson top scoring with 47 and a, a, a quick fire 45 not out from Yusuf Patan uh, that seemed like a competitive total uh, but Chennai after a, a wobbly start dismissed it uh, Shane Watson with a breathtaking 117 not out from just 57 balls as they got to the target with nine balls and eight wickets to spare uh, to win the IPL. Pretty spectacular stuff. What an extraordinary innings from Shane Watson, Tone. Yeah, huge. Huge. Although arguably the most extraordinary thing about it was that, as I say, 117 off 57 balls. It took him 11 balls to get off the mark. The first over from Bhuvneshwar Kumar was a maiden. Uh, And yeah, Watson took another five balls after that before he got going. Uh, so at that point, it looked like he was sort of single-handedly losing Chennai the game, but he ended up almost single-handedly winning it. But yeah, easy to forget what a great limited overs batsman he can be. Easy to convert, easy to forget that he's still playing, actually. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't a one-off in the tournament either, was it? Uh, well, no, it was his second hundred, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he had a great tournament round. I mean, yeah, he is at one stage in his career. I mean, he obviously still is. He's still proving it. But yeah, just a, a formidable, formidable short-form player. Just kind of always involved. Great fantasy cricketer. Mm. I used to absolutely hate him as an England fan, and now I absolutely love him. Do you remember that? Do you remember how, you know, what a sort of uh, figure of hate he was for England fans back in the day? I don't remember how much, I don't remember hating him that much. I think we did, sort of eight, nine years ago. 
I mean, obviously, people have always enjoyed the fact that he gets out LBW all the time. Yeah, um, they like to remind him of that. But he was a really kind of, uh, I suppose, a sort of pantomime villain. But you know, not someone that people kind of like personally hated. But he was, he was not the most popular player in the Australian team, which is maybe saying something. But then I do remember during the 2010-11 Ashes, there was a story of him uh, canoeing down a river to save a family from a forest fire. And at that point, I was like, why do you make it so hard for me to hate you, Shane? Uh, but now, yeah, one of the most popular players around the world, I would say. Interesting as well. He was the player of the series or player of the tournament in the uh, the first IPL. Mm. So, that's, I mean, that's pretty exceptional longevity. Well, yeah, he, he won it with Rajasthan Royals yeah. didn't he, in 2008. He did. Uh, and he was player of the tournament in 2013. It's a genuine IPL legend. But yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. To 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 do it over that course of time. I mean, you forget the IPL has been around for you know a decent amount of time now, isn't it? But yeah, to to do it for that amount of time and, and still be defining the big matches in the tournament is really uh, really quite impressive. How many dentist appointments have you had in IPL history, Tone? Uh, two. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another player who had a magnificent tournament was Rashid Khan. He finished as the second highest wicket taker, 21 wickets, an economy rate below seven. Quite a few people now suggesting that he's the best spin bowler in the world, at least in limited overs cricket. Obviously, he hasn't played a test match yet. Would you go along with that, Tone? Is there a better spinner out there? He can't be far off. I mean, it's almost a daily kind of occurrence now that Rashid Khan's done something extraordinary or he's, he's like... He's you know, taken the scalp of one of the best batsmen in the world. Well, during this IPL, yeah, his uh, his hit list was pretty mm. uh, pretty remarkable, wasn't it? And and, and yeah, and it's and he's been doing it for a little while now. It's going to be really interesting to see him playing Test cricket. Yeah, it's good. I mean, that's that that's going to be you know, fascinating because at the moment it's just a sort of procession of Rashid Khan wickets. Yeah, in uh, yeah in T twenties. I mean, whether or not he is the best spinner in the world, I mean, A is kind of irrelevant <laughs> like all, i like all those conversations about who's the best i mean it, it, it doesn't necessarily matter he's very good um but whether or not he actually is is still up for debate but i think it's undeniably very cool that a player from afghanistan is at least in that conversation you know if he's not the best he's one of the two or three best isn't he and that's pretty amazing when you know it's obviously uh in some ways over talked about but that makes it easy to forget what an amazing story the Afghan cricket team is from where they've come in, in the span of Rashid Khan's lifetime to go from where they were to where they are now with maybe the best spin bowler in the world. Um, it's been a pretty amazing journey. Agreed. And how old is he now? Uh, 18? 19. 19, which is nuts, isn't it? Fairly mental. Mm. So the IPL's over for another year, Tone. You know I'm not the biggest fan of the IPL, but it was a good tournament this year. There's got to be one of the, the best ones just in terms of the competition, you know, the, the sort of uh, uh, the level of competition, the number of exciting games and the fact that it went down to the wire. And then we had the two, you know, in the, in the league, I mean, and then we ended up with the two best teams and in the final. And I did enjoy the final. It was a good game of cricket. It ended up being quite one-sided. But as I say, with that maiden at the start, it took a while for Chennai to get going. You know, it looks more one-sided on the scorecard than it felt as you were watching it. And uh, I was also quite impressed this year with the sort of the quality of the cricket. Not always, but it does seem that the the standard has improved from what it was sort of four, five, six years ago, particularly in something like the fielding. Some really great fielding this year. Amazing catches we've seen on the boundary. 
some great ground fielding in the final, great sort of stops at backward point. These are things you didn't see a lot of in, in the early days of the IPL. So that's uh, that's good news. So maybe yeah. it'll win, maybe I'll come round one day too. I mean, it does, you know, it shines a, a sort of, what's the, what's the expression? It, you know, it doesn't necessarily show the ECB a great light in the sense of what, you know, everything's going on. It shines on with a the light hundred. down the mouth of the ECB. Exactly. Is what you're saying. Yes, yeah. It puts them, the ECB in the dentist chair yeah. of, of cricket history. Yeah. Uh, yeah, particularly in light of everything that's going on. But, you know, just the, the IPL, yeah, for all the ECB sort of, you know, dilly dallying and, and speculating and, you know, chatting about what's to come in a couple of years. You know, there'll be another couple of IPLs. You know, the money this year is already, you know, the the, the deals that are being talked about, are, you know, are astronomical. Yeah, how do you catch up, if ever? Do you ever catch mm. up if you're not the IPL? I've got an idea. 100 balls. Yes, now we're talking. Well, Tone, we've reached the end of the road here. Uh, our window of time is rapidly closing. You're champing at the bit to get away. Uh, and I'm sick of the sight of you, to be honest. <laughs> about to vomit everywhere i'm so sick of the sight of you uh, so we should probably wrap this thing up and, and go back to our own separate lives as we said you're off to play cricket yeah play cricket tonight that's that's the real headline from this episode you're back playing cricket my my yeah my first match back this summer now as listeners who uh, heard our 300th episode will remember the last time you played cricket didn't go spectacularly well for you in the bowling department no needless to say i won't be bowling tonight <laughs> i was gonna say how's the confidence uh, confidence is fine but i just i've got a bit of a shoulder injury so are you glad that i brought that up yeah had you forgotten appreciate that <laughs> uh yeah just in time no i won't be bowling tonight mm. but uh i will make myself useful elsewhere in the field just in the, just fielding is that just what you're doing i'll probably have a, I'll have a slog <laughs> yeah i'll go and have a hit yeah and yeah, do my best Watson impression. Tee off, Watson. Oh Shane, I was thinking of Heather. <laughs> yeah, we literally Shane. just talked about Shane Watson <laughs> about thirty seconds ago. I was like, Watson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll try and get through to the second round of the French Open if I can tonight. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah, that would be quite unlikely. It'd be but... quite impressive if yeah. you got through, if you got through to the second round of the French Open. Full stop. Let alone tonight. Yeah. Um, but, you know, good luck to you. Yeah, cheers, mate. Well, maybe you could try and do your best Bayfield impression. Well, yeah, that's what everyone's going to be saying. You've really shown me up. I'm, pl- I'm playing tomorrow night, so this is when it's all going to come crashing down. I've enjoyed these two weeks of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you've, like, delayed the second match. ...kind of hero status amongst my new team. Uh, but I, I feel like I'm going to be exposed tomorrow. My uh, main worry now is that I need to find some kit. <laughs> uh, so, uh Yeah. We better get on with it because <laughs> time is rapidly running away from me. What kind of kit do you need? Uh, some ch- blue trousers. I mean, you're wearing jeans. That's fine. No, I've it? got. I have got. Uh, I, I should have a pair of. The thing I just don't get with cricket trousers is why they're so bloody long. Yeah, they are. Why, I, I've just. Why have cricket manufacturers not cottoned onto the idea that people don't want the world's baggiest, <laughs> longest trouser? Especially when you're running up to bowl, which obviously, thank God, you won't be doing. <laughs> you won't be doing tonight. But yeah, when you're running into bowl and the trouser legs are just flapping around, it's dangerous, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've seen a lot. I've seen a few people uh, criticising England's kit as well uh, for you know the mismatching shades of the jumper and, oh, and and sort of you know shirt and trousers, which is an oversight, I think. It's not the most 
upsetting thing about the England cricket team <laughs> no, over true. the last week or so. All contributes though. It's marginal, you know, marginal gain. This is true, actually. Yeah, yeah. It probably it doesn't put them in the best frame of mind going out, does it? Maybe maybe uh, England need to replace Bayliss with Brailsford. <laughs> I was going to suggest that it should go from Bayliss to Bayfield. I mean, it's pretty yeah, you know, that it's works. pretty close already. Um, so I was Brailsfield. Gonna, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> the three of you could take it on. Get Woodward back as well while you're at it. Just the the sort of big names of British sport. Yeah. Bayless, Brailsford, Woodward and Bayfield. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. job done. Uh, well, I'll let you go and find your kits home. What do you Cheers, need? Mate. Box, thigh pad, arm guard, chest guard. No, I don't bat with any of those. Mouth guard, protect those little teeth of yours. Yeah, no. Um, I'll just probably, I don't know. I'll to, I've got to go. I've got to find something. <laughs> All right. Well, while Tony's finding his kit, uh, I'll just tell you about the various things you can do to get more involved in the World Cricket Show. He's not actually finding his kit. He's just got his well, phone. Well, I, I can't leave yet. I, just, I've, got to, I've got to fire off a few quick texts. You can leave it? if you... Oh, just texting. Just sending a few text messages. And that's... Yep, that's Angry Birds. Um, <laughs> if uh, if you like the World Cricket Show, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cricket show. Follow us on Twitter, at cricket show. I'm at Adam Mayfer 12 Tony is verified at Tony Cover. Uh, follow us on Instagram, at World Cricket Show. Send us an email worldcricketshow at gmail.com we're updating our privacy policy so if you'd like to continue receiving our podcasts scream yes at the top of your lungs right now okay and if you enjoy what we do the thing we'd appreciate most uh, is if you gave us a rating and a review on uh, iTunes or Acast or whatever podcast platform you use because that is a great way of bringing new listeners to the show so thank you very much to everybody who has done that. Uh, we've got some ways that you can support us financially as well. Uh, but if you just go to our website, cricketshow.net, uh, you'll find links there. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Tony, we made it. We brought this in on time, under budget. So I think we can uh, give ourselves a big pat on the back. Yeah, and we'll uh, be discussing our cricketing exploits and that of England, I guess, next time. <laughs> yeah, maybe England as well. We can squeeze it in. Yeah. And uh, I should probably go to the dentist at some point as well. Yeah, you should. <laughs> so... So maybe we can uh, review that next time too. All that and more. All right, we'll stay in school, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.